I'm Marla, and you're listening to Royalty. It was a big week for the royal family, and all because of that jaw-dropping, explosive interview that Meghan and Harry gave to Oprah. This episode is on the heavier side due to the fact that some pretty big truths were laid out during the interview. And there's also a little bit of language, so if you have any littles in the car or around where you're listening, this might not be the show of choice. I invited Joanne Anderson to come back to the podcast, mostly because we never agree on anything when it comes specifically to Harry and Meghan. Since Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah is pretty much the Super Bowl for royal watchers, Joanne and I did a pre and post interview chat, and this is our pre interview. All right, so what do you expect tonight from the interview? I think there's definitely going to be some bombshells more than what we've already seen in the teaser. I don't think she's going to hold back. I think she's going to come out pretty hard hitting because this is her big shot to put her side of the story out and get everything off her chest that she's wanted to say for the last two years. After the reception of the book that came out in August, Finding Freedom, which they initially denied having any involvement in. And then it turned out that, in fact, they did give friends and, you know, close senior working aides permission to give information. And then it was revealed that they were even more involved than that. They didn't get their story across. They didn't get the reception or the warm big hug from the public that they thought the book was going to generate, like the one that Diana had done ahead of her panorama interview. So I think there's a good chance that she'll come out twice as strong guns blazing, trying to make a big point with everything that she says in this interview so that she gets the reaction she is looking for and probably feels that she deserves. I don't know that that's actually going to happen though with the public. What do you think? I think, I think, They are going to tell the truth, and I'm going to guess it's not a pretty truth because the palace has already started the smear campaign, and in a way, they've kind of shown their hand before they've said anything. So the interesting part is I think the palace is using a very old playbook that doesn't really work anymore, and they're nervous that they're going to speak truth, which I think they will. And they've already kind of overextended anything that they could have done. I'm like, oh, whatever they're about to say, I 100% believe it because you're already defending yourselves, starting weird rumors that it actually, I'm going to make a call that I think this is maybe the beginning of the end for the royal family. Oh, that is controversial. Yeah. I don't agree. I don't agree. They've weathered centuries of storms. They've survived the, you know, the queen not allowing her beloved sister to marry the love of her life and the abdication of Edward VIII. Andrew, I mean, if anything was going to take them out, it should have been Prince Andrew's. Exactly. That's the beginning of the downfall for them. I think they're just showing like how kind of toxic, racist, Look, they have weathered storms, but Prince Philip was the one who pulled them in 
to the 20th century. Like he was the one who said, you have to let them in. You have to let a documentary film camera come in here. And I think they had that opportunity with Harry and Meghan to kind of come into the next generation and they didn't take it. And they are showing that they are stuck in their old ways. It doesn't work anymore. I don't see anybody stepping forth as like this new modern day royal. And that's why I think this might be the end for them because if they cannot kind of match what is happening in the world, yes, you do have some royal, look, and this is coming from somebody who loves the royal family. I love them. I love following them. I think they're super fun, but I don't know that they can survive this. It's they've made so many missteps and I don't see anybody who can step up and pull them back up. It ending the monarchy, I don't think so. I just don't believe it because especially in the UK, 80% of the people there can't stand Meghan and they're all siding with the palace. They're annoyed that they're doing this while Prince Philip, who is going to be a hundred years old this June, is been in hospital for the last, I think it's like 18 days as of today, Sunday. This interview Um, was set long before Prince Philip's heart condition. And I would not put it past the palace that this is all part of their little special thing. Honestly, I don't think so because they don't come (laughs) off very well. Them having to do an investigation doesn't put them in a very good light because it highlights the fact that they didn't do anything about her being a bully when it was happening two years ago, because all Didn't of the emails, they've got the emails and they've got the staff and it's not the palace that released it. It's coming from the people that worked for her. And the Who one person are obsessed with the Royal it, family. Fair enough. But the guy that did it is American. He's not even British. The one that was complaining about the treatment of his staff. So I think that there's obviously the truth somewhere and there's two sides there's Megan and Harry's side and I think there's the palace's side and the truth is probably smack dab in the middle and we're never really going to understand what happens but I do not believe that this is going to be the end of the of the royal family it just isn't it, I don't just think not. this interview will do them in I think this is the beginning of the end I think it started with the treatment of Megan and Andrew and some other things and I just don't I think maybe in America, it might take the bloom off the rose a bit, but in the Commonwealth and the rest of the world, no way. Because the viewpoint is, is that they're tossing their toys out of the pram, to use a very British expression, um, because they didn't get what they wanted and they didn't get to be the center of the spotlight in the family, which is not the way that the firm works. If you've watched The Crown, you know it's all about the monarchy and the monarch and everyone else is supposed to toe the line. So that was never a possibility for them, which Harry should have known. So I just don't believe that this is going to, this is not going to do it, especially when the majority of the British public think that they're acting like petulant children for all of the statements and the disrespect towards the queen, who as popular as Harry and Meghan are, she's still the most popular person in the family. So I can't imagine that this will be the beginning of the end, not to mention you've got Will and Kate and their kids who just like what happened with, you know, Andrew and Edward and Anne, once their kids get a little bit older, that's who's going to be in the spotlight. It won't be Harry, Meghan and Archie. They were never going to be in the spotlight for that much longer anyway. 
Um, I don't blame them for taking a step back at all. I don't agree with them doing it. I think there's other ways that they could have done it um, that might have been a little bit more respectful and caused less of a rift. Um, probably wouldn't have grabbed as many headlines for anyone um, as we've seen since this whole process started. But I was really excited when they got married. I thought it was incredibly progressive for the royal family. I thought it gave them an amazing, an amazing opportunity and platform to do incredible things uh, in the world and make a lot of changes for the better. Um, I also think the Commonwealth being so diverse racially as it is that having you know a woman of color who is also biracial um, meant a lot to a lot of people including myself because people don't know that I'm mixed like Megan is so it was a huge moment to have you know a biracial person as a senior working royal my issue with Harry and Megan is the way that they've gone about stepping back mainly because they could have stepped back and had a more private life um, as many of the other members of the family have done um, without being disrespectful. And they do live a really quiet life. But what Megan and Harry, I think they should have said was that, you know, she wasn't happy or they weren't happy and that they wanted to go back to California and live a different life and still be celebrities but not be royal. I think the mistake that they've made was initially claiming that they wanted their son to have a normal existence privately without the cameras when that really was never the intention. The intention was for them to be on the global stage on their own terms and to make hundreds of millions of dollars and control the press so that their narrative was what everyone saw and that they would basically treat it like Hollywood. And unfortunately, that's not an option for members of the royal family. It just right. isn't. They're, they're royal. They're not celebrities. And I think that's where a lot of this issue comes from. That's interesting because the way I see them is I think Megan has always been an outspoken uh, voice for racial and um, gender equality. And when she stepped into the royal family, you could notice how much she was muzzled, how much she was not able to speak out and say what she believed. And I understand that the royals feel like they shouldn't comment politically. But to me, what she was fighting for, what she believes in is a matter of humanity and not necessarily a political issue. Because if you are silent, when racist, sexist things are happening, then you are upholding a patriarchal, racist, white supremacist society. And so your silence is giving a green light to the status quo. So it is political. Even if you're not saying anything, not speaking out is a political act saying, I'm okay with how things are. And I don't think she was okay with it. And I think she did experience a lot of sexist, racist treatment and couldn't handle it anymore. And I think they both wanted to serve the public and to make a difference in the world. And I don't think that was possible from inside the walls. And so they took a step back. Now, how it all happened, 
I'm sure there could have been better ways on both sides. I think there are a lot of like, it was special on both sides. Um, however, it happened and they are never going to get a quiet life. Harry will never get a quiet life. He's going to get a little bit older and people will care less because <laughs> the younger royals will take over. Um, but he was never going to get a quiet life. And there's been a lot of talking about like, oh, poor Harry's trapped. Harry is not trapped. Let's not infantilize a powerful, rich, white guy. Like if he wanted to leave, he could leave. He's He could do whatever he wanted. He is fine. I, no, no. <laughs> He's not a victim. He is a willing participant. And I think what Megan did was inspire him that there could be a different life and that he could speak out about the things that he liked and didn't like, and he could make a difference in a different way. Um, and that's what they did. And I don't know. I just, right now, royalty is so outdated in their beliefs and, and that will be fine for the next little bit, maybe, but I just don't know how much longer it can last if they don't evolve. I agree that they do need to modernize and I think they are in different ways. As far as them being silent and not commenting on things politically, I think there is a way to do it. I mean, look at Diana, she made a lot of change. She brought in a lot of change. She made a lot of change. And look what happened she to Diana and look how much the Royal family hated her. True, but she still was loved and admired and they had no choice even when she died to honor her. But the way that she went about it was not with lawsuits and crazy statements. She supported different charities and things like that. And I think Megan could have taken that same path as well. I think she could have chosen certain charities and things to align herself with to make her point without actually giving speeches and releasing statements about it. Um, as far as Harry being trapped, I love Harry. I always have loved Harry. I don't necessarily think that he's changed to a radiator or anything like that, but I do think <laughs> that he's trapped in a sense because he's trapped between his wife and his son and his family and duty and the country that he, you know, grew up in and came from and, and all of that. I think he is stuck in a very difficult situation because I'm I don't know anyone that wants to be cut off from their entire family. No. Or someone who wants to have to go up against your spouse, the person you love more than anyone in the world to protect your family. So I can't imagine that it's all sunshine and roses for him in California emotionally. I mean, we live here. We know what the lifestyle is like. Their house is, you know, a it's lot. Early sunshine and, and roses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and coffee with Oprah so like they have a really nice day-to-day -day existence but I would imagine you know at the end of the day behind closed doors there's probably a little bit of bittersweet time when you know even with COVID I mean think about how long it's been since you've seen his family our families are in Canada as well and that's been really hard for us I can't imagine if on top of feeling that through COVID also knowing that there's this major tension because of the way that you know, me and my spouse had decided to live our life and it's playing out on the global stage. You know, that that's probably a little uncomfortable for for has, as we now know that M calls him has. has uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. celebrities, they're just like us. Tension just like between in-laws. 
Um, do you want to make any predictions about things that might come out in the interview? She's definitely going to go there with race. That yeah. I think she's definitely going to play that card. And I have very mixed emotions about that. Um, so that definitely has me feeling a little bit nervous um, for what she's going to say. Um, and I also Do think- you think she's wrong on getting racist treatment? I am just curious about that. I don't think that she's wrong. Um, broadly speaking, I don't think that she's wrong. I've experienced it myself. She's definitely experienced it in her life before being a part of the royal family, especially growing up in, in America. Um, do I believe that she can lay the blame for all of the treatment and bad headlines that she's gotten at the door of racism? Absolutely not. Yeah, there was some things that were, were casually racist. There was a couple of things that were overtly racist. Um, do I think all of it is being motivated by that? No, I think their behavior <laughs> is equally responsible for a lot of that press that they're getting. Behavior. Can you give an example of like what bad behavior would have been? Bad behavior would be they got really upset when in the summer, this past summer, that they were getting all of this bad press because they went and made a speech about how every single person on the planet needs to be responsible for their carbon footprint and that they need to look at the way that you live your lives on the day to day and make the necessary changes, blah, 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 to better the environment. And then they took four private jets within 11 days to move three people, two and a half technically, because Archie was a baby. So they got lambasted in the press for telling everyone else to stop driving cars or get an electric vehicle or do this, that, and the other to help the planet. And then they only flew privately. Their argument was that they needed to do so for security reasons. But we all know that it's not true because they fly commercial all the time. And then to make matters Not during worse, COVID, though. Not during COVID. They haven't. Actually, no, that's not true. Kate and William did during COVID with their children, and they took a budget airline to Scotland. So it just looked really bad. Right. So I understand what they're saying about, yes, okay, they are being made to jump through more hoops, but they're also not helping themselves by doing things like that, or by the statement that they released the other day about perpetrating falsehoods, which was aimed at the queen. And a lot of people in the UK said that that is incredibly disrespectful because at the end of the day, that's things for them, it's being disrespectful to Harry's grandmother. I don't know about you personally, but I would never slam my grandmother on Facebook <laughs> for the whole world to see. You might want to rant and rave behind closed doors, but if that sort of thing that they're that they are doing, which is in return creating this terrible press for them. So while I understand the frustrations, and as I said, I'm mixed just like Megan, it's the same split. Like I've experienced it. It is not okay. And when I do see those digs at her, it does, it hurts me in my heart. It does. It's not fair. But you can't say that every single bad headline that they've received in the last two years is a result of that. You just can't. I mean, I would hope that this is hopefully now that they've had their say that the mudslinging will stop and everyone can sort of have a nice life. <laughs> I'd really the viewers couldn't see the face I made. 
<laughs> no, I wish they could. I mean, <laughs> I know it's wishful thinking and that that's probably not going to happen, but I do feel like it's just gotten to a point of ridiculous now with the comments that are being flung back and forth and it's sad and at the end of the day it is a family and you know she is pregnant with another child like can we just can they just all agree to disagree and everybody kind of get on with their stuff but I doubt that's gonna happen I think this interview is not gonna reveal any major shocking information I think it's all things we know about um yeah, it'll just officially be from the horse's mouth now. Yeah, like I, I was trying to think of like, is there any crazy, shocking piece of information I think they might throw down? I honestly don't think there's going to be anything that we don't expect. You never know. Maybe, maybe this this email, this email, this interview will um, bring me closer to your side. Cause that, you know, I've always had a very soft spot for Harry. So maybe, maybe they'll pull me over. You never know. Here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk to you after. Sounds like a plan. Going to go make some popcorn. Okay, so we just watched the interview. Yes, we did. Not going to lie, there were definitely some surprises in the interview that I did not see coming and some revelations that definitely made my heart hurt a bit. Um, I didn't expect her to say that she was having those thoughts, that she was feeling um, suicidal. That was actually the first moment of the interview that surprised me. Interesting. Okay. I, I really thought the pregnancy was a happy time for her. And I, I, I was surprised by that. I also think it was important. I, I do appreciate that she opened up in a way that, said like you don't know what's going on in somebody's life and I felt like that was a really important thing to say I agree and I relate to that 100% because um, I think we all go through life sort of like she said like you see those pictures and you just think everything's wonderful yeah and you have no idea what's going on when the cameras go away and when the lights go down Um, and I personally can relate to that uh, in different different ways, of course, I'm not on a global stage, but I do, I do understand what she's saying, and I think you will be surprised to know that when she was talking about the pregnancy before she talked about the suicide, but when she was saying how bad it was and how isolated she felt and how alone she felt and all of that, I did feel a great deal of compassion to her, um, because I wouldn't wish that on anyone, right? And I can imagine being you know, especially COVID has really driven that home, but I have, I did actually live in England for four years in London and it was a wonderful time for me, but even without all of the restrictions and the terrible press and all of that stuff that she had to face, I had my own moments of being 5,000 miles away from my family, 
you know, and feeling very isolated and alone and that you can't just go home and you can't just see your best friend and you can't just call your mom and say like, oh, I need a hug and, you know, pop over for dinner. That is really terrifying. And, and, and it's incredibly overwhelming at times. So I, my heart went out to her for that. It definitely did. Megan spoke to um, the shame surrounding it and how she did reach out for help and that she wasn't able to get any. And I, I just wanted to also provide the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's also the crisis text line and you can text anytime deserve to 741741 because this is a really tough time in the world and it, it can be difficult to find somebody to reach out to. So hopefully those are two resources that you can use if you are finding yourself feeling in a similar way. Okay, so I'm still pretty shook from Megan's opening up about the state she was in. But um, I will try to pivot into some of the other elements of the interview. So um, I know that you and I sit on different sides of the fence. And I don't think this interview brought you over to my side. There, there was a moment when she was talking about how she was feeling that I thought, oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> And then it took a hard turn right back to like, nope, I'm staying on my continent over here on this side of the table. Um, and biggest takeaways? The very big culture clash that is responsible, I believe, for a lot of this. Um, define culture clash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean racism? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a part of it. Um, I think I think she said it very clearly that she, because she grew up in America, she really didn't have any understanding of what that world represented or what it was like. So I think going in not knowing that in a way may have been good as she said but in other ways I think it automatically added hurdles that may not have been faced by other people like for example Kate or anyone who had any sort of understanding of what that world looks like. Where I could see a disconnect happening is I do think until you're in the UK the idea of what the press is like is it's on a totally different level. Yes. And I don't think coming from North America, you understand what the UK press and tabloids specifically are like. And that I 100% think she had no idea what she was getting into. I don't agree. She admitted, and she said it a few times, that all of her British friends told her specifically about the press not to marry him for this reason. So she did have some warning and granted your friends telling you one thing and whether or not you believe it is completely different. But also again, if your friend said that, wouldn't you look into it? Wouldn't you Google it? I mean, I Google 
everything, so probably. Um, but you know what? Before we go any further, I just have to say a shout out to Oprah because she came out and it's like, that's why you're queen. Yes. That's why you're yes. the best interviewer there is. I think she asked all the questions that we all had hoped she was going to ask. And I think she did it in a way that was very open and empathetic easy and empathetic and non-confrontational. So but that also didn't let them off the hook. Like mm-hmm. there was some skirting and she would just come back to it. Yes. Yes. There was a few things that I thought she would for sure ask them about. And maybe it will be in all of the footage that she said at the end will come out over the next couple of days. And maybe that's why it wasn't addressed. But overall, I mean, she's the queen of talk for a reason. Right. And we just have to talk about the other bombshell, which clearly shocked Oprah. Like, Oprah literally what what it her and then brought it up again with Harry. But Megan revealed that there were concerns within the royal family about her baby's skin tone. They wouldn't reveal who it was. Neither Harry or Megan would comment on who within the royal family did it. But I'm wondering, from your perspective, who do you think had that conversation? It was definitely a senior royal member. Yes, a senior family member. I think it was probably Philip or Charles. Probably Charles, if we think about everything else that was revealed. Otherwise, it's not shocking. It's like we expect that out of Philip. Yeah, I mean, that's just par for the course. But was it something like, you know, have you thought about what your children will look like that then turned into a very heated, terrible conversation? Or was it blatantly racist and coming out of that vein? And the only reason, well, I guess there's two reasons that I asked that. The first is because we know that the tipping point for Harry and William's, you know, collapse of relationship came when William said to him, be careful and you don't need to rush into marriage with that girl, which was supposed to be like a brotherly, like, I'm just looking out for you, maybe take a minute, get to know her conversation that then turned into an argument, which then started the beginning of the end of their relationship. So was that racial question surrounding Archie, was that the same thing? that it was a very awkward and inappropriate question that went horrifically bad? Or was it outright racism and terrible? I mean, I will say around that time, they were making decisions and it seemed like the question was asked in alignment with other conversations that were happening about not giving Archie a title. So... I do think it was racist. I mean, just the overtones of like, maybe Megan should keep acting because we're not going to pay for her. We're not going to give her security. Like, to me, it's just like all of those things just are not a good look. They're not a good look. What do you think the reaction from the fam, like the royal family will be to this interview? I don't think it's going to be good, especially from William. I think... I can't imagine he's going to be thrilled with his brother's behavior 
And I don't mean necessarily anything that he said. I think he'll be incensed that he gave the interview. Do you think it matters what they said in the interview, just that they gave it? I think what they said will just be adding gasoline to the, to the bonfire. But no, I think the interview is... The is, interview itself was the... Yeah, is going to be the problem. But I also want to point out that around the time that Megan was taking a lot of heat... There were rumors that William had stepped out on his marriage with Rose. And part of me wonders if William had a vested interest in keeping the heat off of him and kind of like throwing Megan to the wolves as far as the media is concerned. Yes. And if you know anything about the royal family, you know that it is it is all about rank. And yeah. ultimately, it is about the monarch and the firm. So as... Megan pointed out, they were more concerned about protecting other higher ranking members. And she was thrown under the bus. So sure, it totally could have been that she was thrown under the bus to protect the, you know, future king being found out for cheating on his wife, allegedly. <laughs> Just throw that allegedly in there. Yes. But that that definitely could be the case. He mentioned that he had a really Harry mentioned that he had a really great relationship with his grandmother, of course, the Queen. Um, noticeable from the shout outs. He, I get the impression from the entire interview that Charles is a villain yet again. <laughs> like I mean, he was the he villain is- in season four of the crown. He is like maintaining that crown. Um, I have a tendency to not like Charles. I'm not known for my affection towards him. Um, I feel like the reception in America will be largely sympathetic um, towards Harry and Meghan. I understand that probably won't be the reaction in the UK. I'm curious because it doesn't really matter what America thinks of the royal family. I'm curious if you think this does do any damage to them. Yeah, I think it does. You do? Because I think the difference here, yeah, absolutely. I think it will, I don't know how long term it will last. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're that concerned, you know, with what America really thinks of them outside of a diplomatic capacity. But I think what was said puts them in a really bad light (laughs) for sure with the American public, especially for people who have no reference point to the monarchy at all and have no idea how it works and have no backstory or anything to go from. It makes them look horrifically bad. I think in England, because there's been so much daily press coverage for four years now, people are more informed So they'll watch the interview and probably have a much different perspective because they understand where their tax money goes. And, you know, it's been debated in the commons and all that sort of stuff um, is widely discussed. I mean, it's like the way that, you know, we see politics here, they're in the paper every day. So there's a lot of information available to the British public. Um, Everyone's very up to date. So I think it will be, for me anyways, it'll be more interesting to see how the interview lands over there 
because here I think, I think they'll probably come off pretty well here. And the monarchy is not going to have the best week in the papers. Right. I'll, I've said it before and I will say it again that I think Queen Lizzie's hanging on because oof, Charles, Charles, I don't know, man. I don't know if he will be able to wear that crown and keep it. (laughs) I think he's in trouble. I think he's always been in trouble, to be fair. Yeah, even when it's we were just kids, he was in trouble. I mean, Diana right. even said that she hopes that the crown would just go from Liz to William. So, like, he's never really had a shot. He's never had good press. He needs to get better PR. And you know what I mean? Like, he needs somebody. No, to, you can't to shine that up. He is a man who makes he's mean. He makes very bad decisions. I yeah. think he is a cruel man. And I I get that maybe he didn't have the most nurturing relationship with his mother, but he has really been cruel to the people in his life. And I don't know. Yeah, no, I am not defending him. He is not my favorite person at all. But also- But he will not- abdicate the crown I don't think I don't think he'll give it to William are you kidding me he's been hanging on his whole life he's 70 some odd years old and he's think about this he's been in waiting for a job his entire life yeah we don't know how long Liz is gonna last hopefully forever she is hanging on because she is the only hope she is their only hope she knows it she knows it (laughs) even if he gets it and I do not mean any disrespect or wish anyone any ill will. I mean, it's not going to be a 40-year reign. Come on. I mean, it'll be Will and Kate before we know it. Let's just be real about that. And then they'll move on to George. My family I mean, knows how to live. And I do, say that with the utmost respect. But he's already 70-something, you know? I think he will manage to destroy it in whatever time he has. I just don't think the public will like they defend little Lizzie, you know. They love her. Right? I love her. I love her. Love her. Yes. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not excited about him becoming king at all. But I feel like it'll be like a little blip and then it'll be time to celebrate William and Kate. And that I'm all about. I'm really here for that. I'm excited. I'll buy the bunting, the flags, all the stuff. Um, I think if, if anything's going to save it after Lizzie, it's going to be them. Um, it's, it's not going to be Charles. Do you think Wills can save it though? Yeah. They love okay. them and they okay. love the kids and they love the Middletons and they love how down right. to earth they are. Um, and they love how amazing they've been through COVID and how they've stepped in for the queen and, you know, gone into overdrive and shown up and all the Zooms and the fact that Kate does the school run and she bakes birthday cakes at midnight for each one of the kids in the kitchen. You know, like the, they're just, they're good. All right. Charles is in trouble, but, you know, I think Will and Kate yeah. will be fine. And so what do you think the response will be? Do you think there will be a statement from the palace or no? 
yeah, they'll have to say something. They're definitely going to have to address it. Front and center will be the race thing. I don't know how they're going to make that. I don't know how they're going to spin that little puppy. That that is a, I I feel sorry for the comms team that has to deal with that because it's hard to write that wrong. Um, I, I personally hope that now that it's this bad, which is terrible that it's gotten to this point, um, I would hope that once COVID um, is under control and they can travel again, I would like to see them as a family showing some sort of united front. Sorry, in and what so- sense? Like Harry and Meghan going back or them coming to LA? You know, Charles could get on the plane. He could come yeah. over and, and, and see them. Um, I would like to see them, you know, at Philip's birthday. I'd like Harry and Meghan to take the baby over and let's see another picture of the queen meeting, you know, Archie's little sister. And let's see them at Christmas and let's see some sort of show of unity from all of them. But I think think in order to show unity, I think there has to be some acknowledgement. There will will be a statement right away. There's going to be many statements. I think that was the one thing that came out of this this interview is like the gloves are off and it's going to get brutal. It's not going away. There's the investigation into the bullying that they did not talk about with Megan about, about this new bullying claim. There's all but of also that. this was recorded a while ago. So I don't think actually those reports had been released before they filmed this interview. We'll never know. But I mean, they're going to be in the press battling this back and forth yeah. for the next little while. There's going to be a lot of statements. There's going to be no. a lot of Piers Morgan. <laughs> oh, Piers Morgan, whatever. Um, I would like to say I really noticed how many times Megan was specific about saying emails, letters, etc. Because I was like, oh, she is telling them I have receipts. She has a book of receipts. My yes. housewife, Bravo style reunion book of receipts. Yes. And I guess the very first question was the Megan story of, did she make Kate cry? Oh, I mean, do you believe her? Do you believe her that it was the reverse? I think unless that's true, that is a wild accusation to throw out at the beginning of what you want to be a truthful portrayal of your side of the story I and it's also kind of like why if it's not true do you know what I mean like it's just such a weird thing to be like actually it was the reverse like it's like what a five-year-old would say if they were lying like so I was like I don't think she would kick it off like that unless it was true I hope to god that it was true but even regardless of whether it's true or not I and I don't know exactly how she could have answered it any other way, but it was a bit backhanded. Like the fact that she was like, you know, Kate's a, a good person and blah, blah, blah. And like, she sent me flowers and da, 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 da. It was a bit backhanded to be like, oh, actually she made me cry in the run up to the wedding when all this other stuff was going on. Like, I understand she was setting the record straight, but I was a bit like, uh, couldn't you have come up with a 
different way of handling that because I think that is going to get picked apart first thing tomorrow morning. Well, right right now. Though she's right. Though she did specifically say, I wouldn't have brought this up except for you asked me and I wanted to set the record straight. Right. But she could have said no, or she could have said, no, it's not true. She could have. Yeah. And no, I didn't make her cry. And I don't know, it's a wedding. Things are tense. You know, kids can be difficult. You know, they say don't work with kids and animals. Like she could have laughed it off. I she don't could necessarily have, But that think. would be adhering to protecting a family that did not protect her. I mean, is tit for tat right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it Oprah mentioned or I guess Harry mentioned feeling trapped, which Oprah, fair enough, was like, how in the world were you trapped? Oh, yeah. I totally am with Oprah on that one. Like, really? In your privileged palace upbringing? Yeah. Um, I thought I found that really interesting when he discussed that and how he didn't realize that he was trapped. And to be honest, how would he know? If you grew up in that bubble, you would have no idea what the outside world yeah. was like. And I know you and- definitely didn't like this line, but he said that Megan saved him. <laughs> How do you feel about that? (laughs) Can I just say for the record, again, that I love Harry, always have, always will. Always. Um, I honestly think she did in a way. She, I, I think she did. I think he was miserable. I think we all know that. He's given interviews in his early 20s about how he wishes he was a regular person and that he, you know, loved his time in the army because it was the only time that he didn't have to be a prince and he didn't have to live by all of the rules. And I think, you know, he was so deeply affected by everything that happened with his mother. I mean, how could you not be? Um, And then before Megan, it was always him, Will and Kate. And, you know, again, he, it was very widely known that he, you know, he loved being with them, but wanted his own little family. And I think, I think it's wonderful that they found each other and that, you know, he has someone in his corner now. I think that's wonderful. And I'm happy for him. And he looks so happy when he talks about Archie and the new baby. And, you know, this is the most relaxed we've seen him in years. So, you know, I think she probably did save him emotionally. Um, and he deserves that. He definitely deserves that for the years of all of the royal duty that he did and everything that he did for the Commonwealth and for his family and, and for everything that he went through. I mean, he, he definitely deserves to have someone in his corner that will be ride or die. And regardless of what I personally feel about the whole situation, she's still sitting there holding his hand right now. So yeah, yeah. I give her snaps for that. She could have easily been like, I'm out. I don't need this. I'm going back to LA. You're on your own. And I think that would have probably have been the end of Harry. Yeah. I actually didn't expect you to my thing, I guess I should also clarify, is that I do, I love the monarchy. So my issue with this whole Harry, Meghan, Nexus situation is the way that it was handled. It's not about them personally, 
who they are as people. It's the whole situation because I have a lot of respect for that and I love it and I'm a total history dork. So the way I view it is, you know, different and probably Absolutely. not the way that I would have, you know, would like to think I would have handled it. Right. Know? Whereas like, I love the Royal family. They're really fun to look at, look at and like talk about, but I'm also like, let's change all the systems. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little less respect for yes. for how things are done. Um, when you are with somebody in the public eye, they can love you. They can try to protect you the best they can. But the one thing they can never really give you is like privacy or peace or like there's always that is part of being with them. Yeah. And I think that's an extra added level of isolation that must come with that position yes and it's on steroids in the royal family right because you're completely controlled and you didn't choose it I also found it fascinating when she was like I didn't see my passport or my keys like I don't and I was like oh yeah that's like unnerving See, I had a different response because for me, knowing that about the way they operate, I was like, yeah, obviously that's, that's how they do things there. Like, what would you need keys for? <laughs> you don't need keys. You don't need a pass. Like all of that's taken care of. Even in the, um, in Harry's James Corden interview, yeah. the first thing he says is we're Royals. We don't carry cash. They don't carry cash. Like that's all taken care of for you. So yeah, you don't need your keys anymore. I mean, for me personally, I find that like, oh, great. Does somebody want to hang on to my keys for me? That would be awesome. So that I never have to look for them again. That would be great. Yeah. But also, I don't know. Let me hang on to my passport if I want it. What if I, I don't want to it. sneak out of here in the middle of the night? <laughs> hey, you can do it. You just need to get yourself a butler like Diana had. And then you can like, sneak your friends in sneak out clubbing <laughs> it's all good you just got to get better staff that's all oh my god <laughs> they're having a girl which I'm so excited about <laughs> oh yeah I'm way more excited about the names now way more and I Diana will be in there right oh for sure it'll be in do there. you think it'll be a middle name though won't it I think so. I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they went with something with a D though, because her mom is Doria. So maybe, right. maybe we'll get some sort of D with a D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something cute, you know? Um, but I definitely think there'll be a nod to both of their mothers, I would think. Right. And name. perhaps a nod to Queen Elizabeth. I would love that. Yeah. I do love that he shared that they they have a very good relationship with her. I thought that was very sweet and um, I don't know, just just very nice and authentic of, of Harry to put that out there. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that he did um, refuse to answer some things. And I felt like that was like the ingrained royal upbringing, you know, just shining through like, no, full on not talking about it. A little bit of you know, the classic royal never complain, never explain sort of peeking out at us in the interview. But overall, I thought he was very honest and very open. And it actually made me respect him even more um, for doing it and addressing everything. 
I also thought part of the reason for not saying who that conversation was with was Megan and Harry protecting Archie. That like anytime you live in the public eye, but especially with media, it exists forever. And I thought what I saw were parents saying there is an institution that is racist that drove us out. And this is why we did it. However, we're not going to get specific because I don't need my son thinking that his grandfather or uncle or great grandfather or whoever it was, I don't know why I just listed the men, um, doesn't like me because of the color of my skin or to have that, that insecurity there. So I almost felt like their refusal to answer that was being a protective parent. I think that played a huge role for both of them. Yeah. Um, Okay, last question. What do you think the reaction um, in the UK is going to be? Their issue with her is the same issue that I have. And the American thing plays into it because she doesn't have any real reference point on how Mm -hmm. people see them and what is expected and all of that. And that they look at her as like destroying their tradition. Right. So, and it's the way that it's been handled and it's very un-British to sit around and whine about your feelings when you're sitting there on taxpayer money and there's people starving. Um, That's what the problem is. It's tone deaf. As far as they're concerned, it's all tone deaf and they just seem very spoiled. Um, And also the media is horrific, but like, Again, if she had Googled anything, she would have known that that's what she was up against. If she had listened to her friends, she would have known that's what she was up against. And a lot of the stuff that they do pull her apart for, Diana faced, Kate faced. Kate didn't have security either until she got married. Mm -hmm. So like, they and what Harry said was true, that there's not a lot of sympathy because everybody else in the family is like, yeah, we all deal with it, so suck it up, which is a very British approach to things. Thank you so much, Joanne. I know we don't agree on everything, but, um, you know, it's fun to duke it out with you. Yeah, it's always fun to duke it out. Always willing to do it. Thank you so much for having me and for chatting because I've been so excited for this to finally air. So it's it's good to unpack with a, a fellow royal fan. Well, that's the show. Um, I hope you've all had a chance to see the Megan and Harry interview with Oprah. If you haven't, it's definitely worth checking it out. If you like this podcast, you can rate and review uh, because reviews actually really help people find the podcast. Or you can just send it to a friend. I'm easy. Whatever. Um, And until next week, stay royal. It feels weird to say that this week. I'm feeling like maybe being royal isn't a good thing after that interview, so I'm conflicted about the sign-off, people. So just be good. Love each other. We're all going to get through this. All right. Bye.